Welcome to Uniquely Small Biz, a podcast where small business owners share their unique stories to inspire our listeners. Welcome back to Uniquely Small Biz by Selective Insurance, a podcast for small business owners to share their inspiring stories. I'm Carolyn McCardle, and we're looking forward to bringing you another wonderful conversation with small business owners who are as unique as their ventures. Today, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Angela Trockel, or Dr. Angie, as she's known to her pediatric patients. Dr. Angie has practiced pediatric dentistry for over 15 years, and along with her father, Dr. Edward Trockel, operates the Fun Kids Dentist in Brookfield, Wisconsin, a truly unique practice that is focused on establishing an environment of trust and genuine personalized care for each child in their family. So sit back and get ready for another thoughtful episode of Uniquely Small Biz, brought to you by Selective Insurance. Angie, tell me a little bit about the history of the Fun Kids Dentist. Sure. So actually, the original office and practice was owned by Dr. Culver in the 1970s. <laughs> Believe it wow. or not, we've been around for a long time. And then the original owner of the practice was Dr. Jim Rollison, and he purchased the pediatric dental office from Dr. Culver in 1974. And then my father... Dr. Edward Truckle, he opened his first office on Capitol Drive, so also in the same city of Brookfield, but in 1980, so the year I was born. And then they merged offices in 1995 at this location. I came aboard in 2008 when I graduated from pediatric dental residency, and it'll be 15 years in July that I've worked here, so it's been awesome. So we are very unique. There aren't too many offices, especially not in this area, that are dual specialty. So we have pediatric dental specialists as well as orthodontists. We offer orthodontic care as well. So I always say that pediatric and orthodontic offices and dentists go together like peanut butter and jelly because we're keeping growing smiles healthy and the orthodontists are helping to keep those smiles growing straight and healthy as well. So it makes a lot of sense for us to work together and it's really nice. We offer preventative care, checkups, restorative care with some specialty procedures that other offices do not offer. One of the things I'm really proud of is bringing zirconia or tooth colored crowns on as a service. We also offer Icon. We have a new orthodontist coming on staff in July, and she's going to be offering Invisalign as well, which is something new for our office. So um, we're really proud of staying up to date with all the newer procedures and just providing really advanced care for kids, teens, young adults. It's so nice that Invisalign is an option now for kids. I had it as an adult and I, of course, was a child who had braces and spent many, many, many hours in an orthodontic chair. And so it's so interesting to see the progression of more and more kids opting for Invisalign instead of braces. So it's nice you guys do both. I love that. I wish you had been around in the 80s when I was going through this. <laughs> right. Well, dentistry is a really great career and it's always evolving. So our trend is definitely to offer more medical treatment for disease versus just surgical treatment. So in terms of procedures, we have a lot more to offer. And then how to prevent cavities or treat them medically versus just surgically is really evolving as well. And there's a lot of new things coming out 
all the time. So it's important to stay up to date in terms of continuing education and just being able to offer those those procedures. We have talked to so many people on this podcast who work with family members. Could be a spouse, could be a daughter or a son. In your case, you are the daughter. You work with your dad. So what is that like to work with your dad in a family practice? It's wonderful. I've had a great mentor through my 15 years of pediatric dentistry, always really willing to provide a good basis of just another set of eyes to look at things and talk over cases with, has a great historical perspective on uh, dentistry, and also just a, a really gracious mentor in terms of having me, a new dentist, come in and then grow with the practice and then evolve our office as well. So it's been great. And having family members you can count on in terms of both professionally and personally has is, is just been amazing. We also do have other family members that work in the office as well. So cool. Who else yeah. works there? Like immediate family members or distant? Yes. Or? Yes. Well, really? both. <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. My sister-in-law, Emily, is our social media as well as community outreach coordinator. So she gets out in the community and goes out for Dental Health Month, goes out to schools, helps us get word out about our office and about dental care in general, organizes things at the office, supervises and oversees all of our social media as well. And then my husband, Kurt, is our practice administrator. So there is a spouse involved. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he also has a great background in IT. Um, he works for the Milwaukee Brewers doing some IT work as well. So whenever we have any IT issues, he, he kind of has these a jack of all trades in the office for sure. And then my nephew, Cameron, is working this summer as a sterile technician and really interested in the dental field and possibly considering a career in something dentistry related. So it's great. Wow, that is so fun. And I feel like, I mean, I guess you would get this way with people that you hire just off of the street or whatever. But knowing that it's family members that work with you, you can trust. It's just that immediate trust that you you kind of hit the ground running with them. There are those family dynamics, but for the most part, it's like, okay, I already know all you. We have that out of the way. Now let's just do this. It's a fun group. Um, we do have to be careful though, because sometimes at our get-togethers, we all we talk about is the office and dentistry. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could see how that would happen. You have other people that work there that are not family, right? Correct. Oh, so, yes. yeah, we have a huge staff. That's an interesting, how do you source the right staff then that will align with your family members and your your very fun and high-spirited approach that you guys take to, to dentistry? I think that the individuals that gravitate towards pediatric dentistry or pediatrics in general naturally love kids, love working with kids, like the fast pace and the high energy aspect of that. So I think I always joke with my team that I think we'd all be bored working in a different specialty office because <laughs> we just really enjoy that interaction with kids on a daily basis. So I think you naturally get people that want to work with kids and we kind of have similar personalities that way. So yeah, it really is fulfilling working with kids every day and seeing what a difference we make watching them grow up over the years. I mean, we see families where the parents used to be patients here as well, and now they're bringing their, their kids back. I have classmates of mine from grade school, high school that bring their kids here. So that that really means a lot that we've been here, a trust, trusted source of care for their families and 
for them and then they're returning with their family. But that means you guys have done something extremely right. If they were patients, they're bringing their kids to you and so on and so forth. So you've done something very right. What is the difference between a regular dentist, traditional dentist, and a pediatric dentist? Is it the just the difference of their kids versus their adults, or is there more to it than that? Yeah, I mean, that's a start. Pediatric dentists go to extra training beyond dental school. So we spend two extra years. We have to apply to a residency program and get accepted. It's competitive. And then uh, we spend two extra years learning how to be pediatric dentists. So we take classes, courses on growth and development, so we're treating growing smiles and also the bodies that go with them, growing kids. So all their physiology is different, infants, children, teens, but also the little people. <laughs> In terms of behavior management, how do you safely treat a child in a dental environment. So a lot of it is how to provide care so that they're accepting of that. Procedures are different. Baby teeth behave differently than adult teeth for sure. Some of the procedures we do are are similar, but adapted to pediatric dentistry or pediatric primary teeth. So we do a lot of what we call tell, show, do. So we tell the kids what we're going to do in non-intimidating terms, We'll show them things and then we'll actually do the procedure. So kids probably like adults don't like surprises necessarily. So we find that when you explain things, kids are very imaginative. When you explain things in non-intimidating terms, they're really accepting. And some three and four-year-olds are my best patients. So <laughs> they have a great capacity to be really open to our explanations when done in a, a manner that's appropriate for kids. So for instance, we're not going to call it the drill or the handpiece. We call it the whistle washer because it sounds whistly and it washes their tooth. <laughs> Though this sounds good for adults too, by the way, Angie. I'm totally down for this. <laughs> we do have a lot of parents that ask if they can come here for their dental treatment. <laughs> Unfortunately, do have to have an age limit. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. When do you know that the kids are ready to sort of, for lack of a better term, graduate to an adult dentist or a grown-up dentist? That's a great question. And actually, that is the term we use as well. We do call it graduating. So typically, if we haven't transitioned our patients to an adult or general dentist by the age of like 25 to 27, we typically recommend that they transition out of the practice. But If they have a generally healthy smile in terms of in their adult or permanent dentition, they can stay with us for preventative care until that point. And um, since a lot of our patients do have not only just their preventative care, restorative care, and orthodontics with us, oftentimes we, we really do retain patients into their 20s. They can definitely, if they move away um, or have adult needs, we will refer them out to the appropriate specialist. And adult dentists and general dentists are definitely specialists in their own right, for sure, because treating adults or permanent teeth is not the same as baby teeth. The point that you made earlier about, and I never realized this, and it makes total sense, how with younger kids, they have their teeth are just, they're complex in their own way versus adults have their own complexities. So I never thought about that. I just always, here's me, Joe Blow, thinking, well, all dentists do the same thing. And so you're like opening my eyes to this, which is fascinating. It's definitely, um, there are different procedures for sure that set us apart and definitely in the way that you introduce it to kids. And you really spend a lot of time. I mean, we could schedule a whole hour visit for doing a filling on a baby tooth, which the actual treatment portion of that hour visit is very, very small. 
But spending the time introducing the children to the tell show do like we were talking about, that's a large part of it. And getting them comfortable in the dental chair, just taking the extra time. We were generous with our time in terms of allowing them time to get comfortable and explaining procedures and all of that. So that the teeth are smaller, the treatment time is usually less, but there's more time spent in helping them to feel comfortable and safe in that dental chair. You mentioned that you have a lot of patients that were were your patients however many years ago, and now they're coming back as adults with their kids. Okay, so I'm thinking like market from a marketing standpoint now, that's one way that you get new patients. And you mentioned that your social media manager is out in the community doing community events and representing you guys. How do you market your office, your practice? So these days, as you know, <laughs> social media is huge. We do a lot of posting on Facebook and Instagram. We're working on getting some videos going on YouTube as well, practical videos with instructions for our patients, instructional videos, as well as fun videos. My staff has a lot of <laughs> a lot of fun on every day. So um, we'll get some fun ones in there. But we have gone out in the community. I've gone to some of the pediatrician offices to do some talks with them, kind of finding out what's new in pediatric medicine and sharing what's new in pediatric dentistry and just talking to them about our office and being a resource for them as well if they have questions about dental health or dental disease. A lot of our general dentist office in the neighboring community as well, we get a lot of referrals from them. When they get a family in with children that need some pediatric treatment based on their age or the complexity of treatment, they may or may not feel comfortable providing that. And word of mouth, to be honest, previous patients and families, we get a lot of referrals from families of the office as well for their friends and community. So that's wonderful. We're right on uh, a main thoroughfare as well. So we have a fun sign out front and we've gotten some referrals just from our sign. Google, we have a lot of really wonderful high Google reviews. Our, our family is just such nice reviews and really heartfelt, personalized, wonderful words of praise. That's fantastic. Again, you're doing something very right when you have people just coming to you from a billboard that's attractive or certainly reading your reviews online. Like, how great is that? So how would you say that your sort of unique branding has supported customer loyalty? This is kind of a funny story. So every so often, pediatric dentists in the community will get together. And one of the newer pediatric dentists of the community said, there's this urban legend at your office that you paint nails and do little temporary tattoos. She goes, is that true? And I said, yes, yes, that's true. We have little extra touches that we do and, and things kids really look forward to. So they get their teeth brushed. We might paint nails. We got nail polish in the office. So just little extra things that I think really make a big difference. And parents as well, I, I think we have a reputation for listening these kids are so precious and obviously the most important thing to these parents. And when they come in, they may have had a little bit of a bumpy road before they got to us in terms of their dental journey. Cavities are the the number one chronic disease of childhood. So they're really, really common. And we have some families that come in and, and there's a lot of emotion behind needing treatment and kind of maybe feeling bad about cavities. And Cavities can just happen. It's not always a snacking or brushing or flossing thing, especially with baby teeth. They have really thin layers. So things can just happen at a much faster pace. So we just spend the time listening to families, their journey, where they've been, what they're comfortable with, and take the time to explain procedures so that they can make an informed decision on if they're comfortable moving forward. So I, I think our office has, and I've heard it 
from referring providers that they send them here for that very reason that we have a great reputation for that. I heard through the grapevine, and you may have left this out on purpose, but I'm going to call you out on it. Is it true that you guys have video games in the waiting room? Because I think that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, we have a ton of things for kids to do in terms of keep them occupied while they're here. We have Disney Plus on the TVs, which is a nice distraction for some kids. Some of them just want to chat with us, to be honest. So we do a lot of little extra things and, and that's helpful. Some of the kids will wear headphones if, you know, the noise is a lot during dental procedures or some of my older patients might bring in their earbuds. So there's a, a lot that can be helpful for kids to feel comfortable for sure. It's so true, too, in pediatric dentistry that it's so important to make sure the kids are comfortable for obvious reasons. But you're yes. right, the parents, because yes. the parents are the ones making the choice yes. as to where to take their kids. And right. they are their most precious commodity. So I love that you're sort of thinking about both the kids and the parents when you put your design together. You guys have an incredible social media presence, obviously. We touched on it a little bit earlier. But what is like your overall approach to social media? Who's coming up with the ideas and who's deciding, is that all your social media person? Like when to schedule them? How, how many to do a day? Those sorts of things. Because social media is so big. So Kurt, my practice administrator, and Emily. And husband. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, Emily, our social media and then uh, community outreach coordinator. They've gone to some continuing education courses and are always kind of learning there on social media, seeing what's out there, what other offices are doing that's fun across the U.S. So, yeah, they are a big part of that. And then my team is very involved as well. We're always encouraging them to come up with ideas and have input. And honestly, in the course of the day at our office, there's so many opportunities. Sometimes we have to get out our iPad or our camera quick and say, let's do that again because kids are just joyful and spontaneous. So these things come naturally in terms of them wanting to share those fun moments with us and kind of react joyfully throughout the course of their dental visit. But yeah, my team comes up with some ideas. We definitely have some organized events. We do a May the 4th be with you kind of big Star Wars. We decorate for that. We started a a Harry Potter day. We really, we really go all out for that because we've got a lot of Harry Potter fans (laughs) both on the team and the kids that visit. So we decorate the office for that once a year and kind of make it a whole week. I feel like this is exciting for you guys too, as the employees and the people working at the practice. It's like, may the fourth be with you. Yes, we get to dress up or whatever, like have fun with it. Right, right. Yeah, it is fun. I can't lie. We enjoy it as well. So we do some theme days and then we'll we'll kind of announce it. And the kids are obviously encouraged to come in in their costumes or participate. My team is truly the best. We truly enjoy coming to work every day and we've got to be on stage and be high energy for these kids. I mean, you really want it. We take pride in making it an experience. So from the moment that we pick up the phone or receive a phone call, they come in, check in to checking out. It should be a special experience and a really high level of of service and care. So we're energetic individuals and we genuinely love to spend time and, and treat patients. And we have such a great group of people here that honestly, we love spending time together outside of work too. So <laughs> I think families really get a sense of that, that we have a team community as well. We treat each other with respect. We have a great office culture. And I think that reflects in our care as well. 
Yeah, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? It does. It really does. Final question for you before I let you go. A lot of businesses that we talk about, small businesses, they're always talking about expanding. They want more locations. They want to grow bigger and better. But I feel like with dentistry, that might be a different story. You want to focus on what you have. But what is it for you guys? We've really been one location since the beginning. And that's our plan for now as well. With having two specialties in one location, I wouldn't say that we wouldn't roll out having a a satellite eventually. I I do think we need a bigger space soon. So that is in the cards. I think that's one of our goals for the future, a space that we can grow in and kind of update beyond what our confines are here physically in our footprint. So that's kind of exciting and something that we're working towards. But yeah, I think just really concentrating on providing great care and having two specialties in one location has kind of been our niche and one that we'll continue to build on moving forward. Well, it was wonderful talking to you today. Thank you for your time. Thank you. It's great to talk with you as well. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for being here. Joining me now to talk all about the importance of maintaining a focus on customer experience for any type of business is Heidi Mastelloni, the Director of Customer Experience at Selective Insurance. Heidi, welcome to the show. So Heidi, I wanted to start out by asking you, the Fun Kids Dentist has a unique situation in that they have to provide sort of a dual customer experience, right? It's the children that they treat and then a separate experience for the parents who are obviously in charge of making the decision to bring the child to the practice. So In your opinion, how can businesses approach customer experiences when they have more than one audience to cater to? Yeah, sure. When the business is dealing with a dual customer situation, it is a little bit tricky, but I think it's important for them to understand the relationship between the two audiences and also understand how they can meet the needs, the shared needs as well as the individual or the unique needs. So in the case of a fun kids or even a selective, one of the customers is actually the decision maker and the other is the person who is having the service experience. So a shared need would be something like having a trouble-free, smooth experience, which everybody wants. But on the other hand, something like simple payment options would be something that the parent or the policy owner would make their experience better. Yeah, it's tricky because you really do have to grab both, for lack of a better term, audiences, right? Because you want the parents to be happy because the child isn't going to want to return if they're not happy. So it's a big deal to kind of cater to both of those audiences. Absolutely agree. The practice also has a time limit on the life cycle of their patients. They age out of the practice at a certain point. So what can a business do to maximize customer retention in that situation when they know that there is an expiration date? So knowing that customers are going to age out, I think you need to look at retention a little bit differently. So rather than looking to retain that one specific customer. It's really retaining the customer tree, if you will. So if you are serving, for example, children, and that parent might have other children. So taking advantage of opportunities to introduce those other children 
to the business early on. My kids went to an orthodontist that used to have an annual Halloween party, which sounds a little bit weird that the orthodontist was feeding kids candy, but it was a big deal in the community and parents would come with all their children. So it enabled other children to meet the orthodontist and it allowed the orthodontist to have some interaction with their pipeline, if you will. And that's how I would look at the retention there. And let's also keep in mind that when kids get older and they're done with their orthodontist needs and their braces are off and then they become adults and they have kids, then they may be taking their kids. That's another part of that tree. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Angie and her team use social media marketing to enhance and promote their brand personality. They're very fun. They have theme days. Like you mentioned, they wear costumes. So how do you think that social media marketing impacts the in-person customer experience? Yeah, social media is very important because of how interactive it is. And one of the things that it allows a company to do is to expose a potential customer to the brand before they actually make a purchase decision. And so then what happens is if the customer does go ahead and make that purchase, they already feel a connection with the brand, a familiarity with the brand. So when they get there, it starts off on a really good foot as a more positive experience. It could have a reverse effect too, though, couldn't it? If they go online and they look at the social media, not in this case, but just any company, it could steer them away as well. So I would think you have to be very careful about what you put out on social media. Yeah, very careful with the messaging there. Especially when you're dealing with kids. This is the most precious commodity as their children. Yeah, one of the companies that does a really super job is Disney, not surprisingly, and catering to kids. They build up the fun factor before people even get to the park. That's such a good example. As a matter of fact, I was just at Disneyland a couple of weeks ago, and man, I cannot tell you how many times I said, boy, do they do it right. When it comes to customer experience, they are an icon (laughs) for many reasons. Yeah, for many reasons. The customer experience at the Fun Kids Dentist is really about everything except for the actual service, which is a really small portion of the time the patients spend there. It's kind of similar to insurance, if you will, where it's about the experience customers have throughout the relationship, just not necessarily the experience they have when there's a claim. So there's definitely a parallel there, don't you think? Oh, yeah, that's a familiar challenge. So in insurance, we are in business to make customers whole when they have a loss. And yet, thankfully, most of our customers don't have claims. And even those that do, as much as you pull out all the stops to provide a fantastic experience, it's not going to be a happy time for that customer because they just had a loss. I think in those cases, it's important for businesses to show customers they value them in other ways. In Fun Kids, I know they do that via the videos and the nail polish, uh, in Selective, we actually partner with our customers to help them identify and avoid risks. So that way we're partnering in their success as opposed to just providing a service. I love that. And you're being proactive about it too, which is from a customer standpoint, much appreciated. Yes. Dr. Angie noted that they get a lot of new patients via word of mouth, 
which makes a lot of sense. They do advertising as well and referrals. And in your opinion, how important is word of mouth or referrals for just any business? Word of mouth is critically, critically important. I make a lot of my purchase decisions based on word of mouth. I think that businesses sometimes underestimate the value of what we call brand capital, which is really what you earn in the eyes of the customer that goes towards referrals and word of mouth marketing. And I've seen statistics, industry statistics, that three quarters of individuals, their purchase decisions are influenced by word of mouth. So if you look at it that way, as a business, you really almost can't afford to ignore word of mouth. Otherwise, you're at an extreme disadvantage versus your competitors. Is that three quarters? Is that in this industry when we're talking orthodontics and dentistry in general? Or is that all businesses, would you say? All businesses. Wow. All businesses. Yeah. That's a bigger number than I would have guessed. Yeah. Huge. It matters. And as Dr. Angie and I were talking in our conversation It's the greatest compliment, right? When somebody brings a friend or another family member to you, I mean, how great of a compliment is is that to you as the business owner? Yeah, it is. And and for local businesses, smaller local businesses, I think it's even more important than some of the larger entities. Yeah, I agree. It was very fun talking to you. Thank you for taking time to, to be with us today. Yes, you as well. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Uniquely Small Biz with the Fun Kids Dentist, Dr. Angie Trokel, and Selective's Heidi Mastelloni. For more information on the child-friendly and laughter-filled atmosphere being created by the Fun Kids Dentist and how they are helping little smiles grow up healthy and happy, check out their website at thefunkidsdentist.com. And if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, be sure to subscribe and tune in next month for more inspiring stories from real small business owners.